0: Gentlemen, it's been a long time. We are back. This is the 301 Outlet episode 87. Today is Tuesday, October 18th, 2022. It is 6 33 p.m. And I got three of the four OGs here in this Zoom. I got myself, Evan, and Mark. How y'all boys doing today?
1: Do not touch the trail. What's that mean? Haha. I don't know what it means.
0: I'm kind of scared to ask.
1: I'm dead. (laughs) I thought
2: thought someone had an answer.
0: No, I didn't have to answer. I don't have to answer, but.
2: It don't even mean nothing. I was just saying random stuff. Like shit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It'd be like that. It'd be like that. All right. So. We ain't really been here since uh, the beginning of the NFL season, but we're not going to go through the rest of the season. All right. We ain't going to do that. That's going to take all show. So we're going to start off with NFL week six. And one of the headlines that I'm going to start it off with is the Washington Commanders. And we are not talking about Dan Snyder because we didn't said all we had to say about Dan Snyder. And all I'm going to say on behalf of the three of us is we told y'all this was going to happen. That's it. But in other news for the Washington commanders outside of the fact that they just beat the Bears on Thursday night football at the beginning of week six in that week six game against the Bears. Commander's quarterback Carson Wentz is out for four to six weeks with a broken thumb and coming in to his relief is no one other than the GOAT, Taylor Heineke. How do y'all feel about that?
2: All right, so first of all, I wanted Sam Howell to come in, but like, I understand why the move was for Heineke because Heineke knows the offense better. And the commanders, were at a point where, like, yeah, the East looks monstrous and all that, but you look at the wild card standings, we're only a game out. So so the commanders feel like this thing is so salvageable. And putting in Sam Howell, even though he's had a pretty good preseason, that's a move that basically waves the white flag on the season, not saying Sam Howell, is bad or anything I don't believe that at this point but I can understand the move for Taylor Heineke. and another thing I want to touch on about the commanders is bro Brian Robinson comeback story of the like it's kind of ironic how the commanders are home to the worst story in football right now and the best story at the same time because this man Brian Robinson for those that don't know, he got shot in a robbery attempt a couple couple months ago, a month and a half ago. He's lucky to be alive, number one. But right after that, he came back to the commander's facility. He was working his way back. He made his NFL debut. This wasn't his 2022 debut. This wasn't just a season debut. This was his NFL debut, a moment he had dreamed of his whole life that had been Delayed from because of the shooting, and he made his debut last week. And this past Thursday, he scored his first, ever, I believe it was his first ever touchdown. Wait, no, his second touchdown. It's one of the two, but it's the touchdown that won the game. Like, you can't have, like, you can't think of a better story than Brian Robinson. And the icing on the cake is there's actually some more news today. There's legitimate leeway into thinking Dan Snyder could be removed as owner. So, us Commanders fans, we actually feeling pretty good despite the two and four record.
0: Yeah, I heard Jim Mersey had some stuff to say. And let's not also forget when Brian Robinson came back last week in that home game that they decided to introduce him playing 50 Cent. Is that not funny? I think it's funny.
2: It's hilarious.
3: Nah, that was funny. And I told the uh, people that under, well, the commanders are better off starting Santa Haneke because, based on what I've seen from Santa Haneke just over uh, the past couple of seasons, he, kn- like Evan say he knows that Washington offense and he actually, like, you know, moves and changes for, like, the commanders' offense. And to me, that's really been, like, the uh, surprisingly, one of the main, like, struggles of the commanders. It's like you have all of these weapons on offense. You have Antonio Gibson, Brian Robinson, you have McKissick, uh, Terry McLaurin. And he's uh, um and a good tight ends um a rookie tight end I forgot his name and you also have Logan Thomas yet somehow the change still uh, moving Jahan yeah Jahan Dotson yeah so it's like yeah um Carson Wentz just wasn't getting the job done he was the most sacked quarterback in the league um still is the most sacked quarterback in the league and uh, like almost sacked thirty times at this point of the season he's basically out there getting killed so ever since Carson Wentz towards ATL in twenty seventeen he just has not been the same since he's just been slowing up so. He's just not that really that franchise QB anymore. So hopefully Washington can like figure something out. And um uh Rama Rivera can like actually like you know yeah get hit you know get them headed in the right direction because Wentz, I knew that wasn't the best move at all.
2: Yeah, man. I'ma say this. I'ma say this. Between the two, I do believe on the whole, Carson Wentz is better. Heineke does have the edge in like two areas. Number one, mobility. And number two, confidence, because I've noticed this season and a, and a lot of the and a lot of the past like two, three seasons, whenever, like, like I said, Taylor he has the edge in mobility and confidence. Like, first of all, like he, he can scramble if he needs to. And also with Carson, I've noticed the last couple seasons when like when the offense starts stalling, when he starts, when he gets hit like that first time, maybe that second time. He gets a lot more conservative with his play. Like, you see a lot more screens, checkdowns, and, like, just stuff in front of the sticks. Like, and once Carson – like, once Carson loses his confidence, once he gets rattled, he's just a completely different person. So, how think kind of he's less likely to get rattled.
0: Yeah, and just to top this all off, I – my biggest thing is the commanders have been pretty bad um, although Carson Wentz is top five in passing, but all in all, Taylor Heineke he can't do much worse than what's going on right now, and I personally think y'all might get a few wins off of it. Um, Moving on, keeping this in the NFC East. The Eagles, them dirty birds, fly Eagles, fly. All that bullshit. Um, how do you feel about the Eagles after beating the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday night?
3: I feel pretty great about the Eagles. Uh, honestly, I really, I don't really see like a too much to really be concerned about at this point through six weeks because the real test was, of course, like that's been going on all season, is that okay? Can the Eagles really beat somebody? You know, good. Because all season, you have, like, a lot of, like, you know, the naysayers um, saying, oh, well, the Eagles haven't really beat anybody, yet we beat a very good Minnesota team. We actually beat a pretty good, uh, well, I want to say call them good, but a Jaguars team in those tough conditions and came back and beat them. So, I, I'm feeling pretty confident in, that def- um, in our defense overall because that was my main concern. And now, like, remaining, like, now being, like, the only undefeated team in the NFL, I really don't see, like, a team in the NFC that's really better than the Eagles right now. Like the arguments, I guess you can argue maybe like Tampa Bay and Green Bay. But right now, both of those teams are like, have big question marks over them. And we're questioning, like, can, is Tom Brady and uh, Aaron Rodgers, can they still lead their teams, you know, to like all the way to like a championship? And right now, it looks like both of them are just out their prime. Like, you know, overall, the teams just aren't that good overall. Like football is a team sport. And the Eagles are playing team, uh, team football right now. And that's why they're still like the, uh, the only undefeated team in the NFL. And they're utilizing all the weapons all the way around. A.J. Brown, Smitty, um, Miles Sanders, like getting the run game going. And the defense is holding up. So this is looking just like it, uh, the defense is looking just like it was back in 2017, the year they won the Super Bowl all the way. So I'm feeling pretty confident in the Eagles at 6-0. and The numbers don't lie at all. And hopefully you can just continue that momentum we'll them
1: during uh, the next, you know, 11 weeks of the season. Go ahead, Evan. I'm going to go after you.
2: All right, so my whole thing with the Eagles is they're a good team. They are a good, solid team. They're set to make the playoffs, maybe make a run. I mean, me, I usually don't go back on my Super Bowl picks, like, this early in the season. But Philly, I could definitely see them playing in the NFC Championship. So, yeah, that's pretty much all I got to say that that Mark ain't hit on. So, yeah, the Eagles are just – they're a good team.
0: So, here's here's how I feel about the Eagles. Again, everything that Mark said is not wrong. They're a good team. You know, they're probably the best all-around team in the NFC. You know, you can confidently say that the Philadelphia Eagles are going to be – in the playoffs here's what i have to say about that sunday night game there is nothing about philly that really scares me and it's really because if you really watch it and you go
1: back and watch it the
0: eagles played good football for one quarter in the first half which was that second quarter And like two drives in the second quarter, I mean, in in the uh, second half, they had a 20 to nothing lead on Dallas. Dallas came back, put up 17 unanswered points in the third quarter going into the fourth. And then the Eagles scored that one touchdown, which was again, the one good drive that they had in the second half. And ultimately, we just couldn't come back. And I'm not saying this to say that the Eagles aren't as good as we think they are. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that as to say, the biggest problem with the Philadelphia Eagles are themselves. And I say that to mean, they get real complacent. They did it last week against against um the Cardinals. They kind of did it against against the Jaguars and they did it against the cowboys and they've gotten away with it but cooper rush as much as i as, as much as i have nothing but good to say about cooper rush cooper rush made three costly mistakes and he kind of got exposed to where he can't if, you ha- if, if he has a wide open man deep, he can't hit him because he just doesn't have that arm talent. He can hit that 10 to 15 yard pass on the money. But when it comes to finding the open man deep, he's always just short. And the Eagles kind of expose that a little bit. Especially with those two Gardner Johnson picks. Well, at least the last one. Um and a dirty sleigh pick. Yeah, yeah. That was the one I was thinking about. Um, and also with Cooper Rush, he throws a lot of dangerous balls. Which the first Gardner Johnson pick, that was a dangerous ball that he probably should have just threw away. Um, so Three interceptions, giving the giving the, giving the Eagles, a short field, which really wasn't nothing much that the Eagles' defense was doing. I mean, they did put pressure on Cooper Rush, in that last, in that last on that uh, that last pick. So I do give Brandon Graham credit for that, which, again, this Eagles' defense is really good. So I'm not trying to take anything away from that, but what I'm saying is, you bring in a Dak Prescott. Who, for the most part, limits the turnovers, can hit that deep ball, who's also more mobile in the pocket. And then you add on, Zeke Elliott was playing out of his bag on mind on on, on Sunday with that elite defense that had Jalen Hurts looking scared. Let's be honest, he was looking scared and it wasn't because of Micah Parsons it was the it was the others I will I also want to say this I have never seen a team neutralize Micah Parsons the way the Eagles did that was very impressive and teams are going to take note of what of what um of what the Eagles did and they're going to try and do the same thing let's just see if it's going to be as successful as It was on Sunday, but I think all all in all, I think the Eagles are a good team and they're the comfortable pick to come out the NFC. But I'm going to tell you right now, I think I'm not going to say Dallas is better. And even if they are better, they're just a little bit better. I guess staying with the Dallas Cowboys. Are the Dallas Cowboys serious contenders in the NFC?
3: Well, I can say they're better than the. Uh, they are better than the um, Packers and the um, Packers and a Buccaneers right now, for sure. I, I can say that. But contenders, I' uh, it's kind of hard to say because you still got the Vikings and don't sleep on New York either. I got to give New York credit where it's due because the Giants are like five and one right now, uh, second place in the NFC East. So uh, I got to like kind of like shout out to the Giants and our new coaching staff because they got something going on up there. And Saquon Barkley is looking like a, the top, a top three back in the top three running back in the league right now. So, yeah, I, I, got, yeah. I really got to like um, give the, you know, Giants some, some notice, you know, some notability, oh, cool. notoriety.
0: Hold that thought. But I'm going to say the Giants. We're going to get to them in a minute.
3: But no, I don't think the Cowboys are really a, too much of a serious consideration I have to see what Dak Prescott can do though first, because like Dak Prescott, That's and fair. it really sucks that he got the injury. Because like I hate when this happens, because like when we've seen two seasons ago when Dak Prescott was probably going to have a really MVP type season. It's like he, you know, suffering that major uh injury at least so it was on um, leg that year, and then now um this year you know getting the thumb injury put him out in week one. So I was like, bro, Dak, but Dak Prescott is really a top ten uh, QB in the league, but. Yeah, well, personally we kind of really get to see like the true competition but then like really to, to me in that Eagles game because Prescott you know he's out with injury but now he's determined to come back against Detroit and ironically I'm actually trying to pick him up on my uh, waiver wire because I do not want to start Aaron Rodgers that's just like a side note but yeah because Josh Allen he's you actually, out you actually
2: are uh, but yeah you actually chose <laughs> not
3: to start Aaron Rodgers against the command yeah. so I appreciate you for that man yeah no, no, I appreciate no, I don't, you. No, I don't trust Aaron Rodgers in that crappy Packers offense. Cause let's be real, the Packers offense is terrible. But yeah, um, yep, the Cowboys. Um, I have to see what Dak Prescott can do before I call him a serious uh contender. Yeah, but I think Dak is going to get him. Um, is just going to keep him right up there and actually surpass the Giants along the way though, because the Giants they're five and one though. But at the same time, we can kind of argue the schedule has been a little weak, but they've been winning though, and they've been coming back with the a winning two. And like you see, just like the culture change, what they've been doing. So the Cowboys, uh, it's really an assurance by them really like it's kind of like still early to judge because it's still a long season
2: to go. All right. What I'ma say is don't count the Rams out. I know they're not looking good right now. I know they're starting slow right now, but the Rams got a lot of talent. They're they're a well-coached team. They are going to get it together. Like it, it's not a matter of if. The Rams start stringing wins together, it's when. And the scariest thing about this team is we've seen over the first six weeks, they do not have it all figured out. They're still adjusting to the target being on their back. They have not been playing their best football, but they're still tied for first in their division. So LA's LA is gonna hit their hit their stride. Maybe it's next week, maybe it's next month, but they're going to hit their stride. The Buccaneers, you know, all time Brady needs is to get in the playoffs. And the Packers of the three that we like, of the three real giants, no, no New York that we was talking about in the NFC in the preseason. I feel like Green Bay is the most suspect. I feel like Green Bay is the most suspect because Aaron Rodgers. I feel like all the criticism and everything about him is actually getting to his head. Like I can I can see that in, in the way he plays and like the decisions he makes. And also, the loss of Devonte Adams is affecting them, and it's hurting. Them. Like, like we, like we thought that this team was just gonna get along fine because it's the Packers; they have Aaron Rodgers, and that's what they always do. But Devonte may have been too big of a loss to make up.
0: Um. So just to piggyback off what you just said about Aaron Rodgers, I agree. Of the three juggernauts or these teams that we thought were going to be juggernauts the rams the bucks the packers packers are the most sus- actually no the rams are the most suspect in my in my opinion but i thoroughly think that the packers are just a work in progress and like what you said about the rams how they're going to get it together the packers will but we're going to get to that cuz that's a topic that we have coming up but to answer the question on if Dallas was a serious contender i'm not saying i i guess is i'm not saying that i have them going to the super bowl i guess i'll say no but as i said before when we was talking about the eagles there is literally nothing you can tell me And Mark, you did bring up a good point. And it is fair to say that you need to see how Dak Prescott looks, because this is his first time going into an actual NFL game since week one when we played the Bucs. And also, just to counter your point against the Giants, the Giants are 5-1, and and who did that one loss come to? That's all I got to say. But with Dallas, you have an elite defense with Micah and Trayvon Diggs, that defensive line, J-Ron and Donovan Wilson out there in the, out there in the secondary. Van, um, and um, Van Der Rest. there's nothing that you can, like, the defense will keep you in games. That Eagles game was the first time that the Cowboys gave up more than 20 points in a game. So I'm not, to worried about that our offensive line has been playing better um we have gallup lamb and noah brown just come out of nowhere we have two st- young studs at tight end with uh jake ferguson and, and um tyler hendershot and then add in dalton schultz who's already established and then the two-headed monster that is zeke elliott and tony pollard I think that the Cowboys that that the that Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore learned a little bit about their offense, learned a little bit about how they should run this offense. That they shouldn't get cute. You saw when Kellen Moore tried to get cute in that Eagles game that it backfired. Happened the same time in that in um that uh, that Tampa game. He tried to get cute. It backfired. That cute stuff only works for Nick Sirianni. It works for the Eagles. It don't work for Dallas. Play it simple. Run the ball. Play action. Run off. You know, run your offense off it. Of, off of that. It's simple, but it's also the most effective way to win. Um, so I'm not going to call the Cowboys serious contenders, but they're contenders. There's nothing that the Rams, the Bucks, and the Packers are showing me that scares me, especially in Tampa because there's just so much going on in Tampa with Tom's personal life, and it seems like every other week someone on offense is getting, is getting hurt. They're a good team, but again, there's nothing about that team that scares me. That defense ain't even as good as they were in week one. So this isn't really me being a fan. This is just me saying, look, I I just don't see Dallas being as bad as people think that we are to be. Although I'm going to ride this out. I actually love the fact that the Eagles are now favorites and they're, and they're riding that, uh, that, that, that whole, we're the best. They're not, they, they, there's no way that they can be underdogs anymore. That ship has sailed.
1: That is facts.
0: I agree. So so for me and a lot of other Cowboys fans that I've been interacting with on Twitter and, 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 and elsewhere, I want to see how y'all going to handle it. Are y'all a uh, undefeated team like how the Patriots were back in those back in 07? or are y'all more like the Cardinals of last year? We'll find out. Um,
3: I compare us more to the 2017 Eagles, and we're undefeated, undefeated up until Wentz got injured, and we were like almost 14 and 0. We're like 13 and 0 that year, and then yeah. That's
0: what I compare us to, though. But, yeah. All right, so real quick, we are about to play a game of real or fake. I'm going to give you three teams, and I want you to tell me if they are real or fake. The first team that I'm bringing up is, and we brought them up earlier, the New York Giants. Are they real or are they fake?
3: Uh, I'm going to just go with right now. I'm going to just go with fake because the Giants haven't really had like the toughest of like opponents, honestly. And the wins have been like very, very like slim wins by like, I believe like one possession or like less, honestly, for the most part. And most of those wins. So I'm going to just go with fake because I feel as though the minute the Giants play like an elite, uh like an elite team with like a really like elite defense and elite quarterback, just like overall, like just a better team. Um, they're just going to get, like, you know, kind of, like, just struggle and may, like, get blown out, like, when that week comes. But especially when they play, like, a, a AFC, one of those, uh, like, dominant AFC teams. So, yeah, I just see the Giants as, like, a, a fake, just, like, right now fake because it's still early in the season.
2: I'm going to say fake off the strength that you got three dominant NFC East teams. The Eagles are undefeated. The Giants have one loss. The Cowboys have two. That is not going to stay that way for the rest of the season. Somebody's going to come down in the NFC East. And of the three, the Giants look the weakest on paper. So I'm going to say fake.
0: Okay. Um,
1: I'm going to go with fake. But if you want to say that they ain't really beat anybody,
0: they beat the Titans who really aren't that bad this year. What are they like three and three or two and three or three and two? Really
2: should be two and four if we would have just ran the damn ball.
0: Yeah, they're so they're three and two or something like that. Um, but again, that's the number that was the number one seed in the AFC last last, 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 year. Giants came back and beat them. Um, let's see here. They beat the Packers who, I mean, of course the Packers don't look great, but the Packers were supposed to beat the Giants again. That was another comeback the Packers were up 17 to 3. The Giants came back and beat them. Um then they beat the Bears and now this last game against the Ravens where they were down like 20 to 10 and you would have thought that the Giants were just dead in the water and they beat the and they came back and beat the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. So they have three wins against teams that we think would be going to the playoffs, but I'm saying fake because I'm siding with Evan in that one of these three NFC East teams will fall off. My gut is going with the giants and I'm hoping and praying that it's not the Dallas Cowboys. But one of those teams are going to are going to fall off. Um. So the next team that I'm about to hit y'all with, stand in the beautiful city of New York, the New York Jets. Real or fake?
1: I'm gonna go in and say fake.
3: Um. Uh, I'm. That's not to discredit anything they've done through six weeks. Because uh, Zach Wilson, he's uh actually like surprised me um about like good you know how like he was able like to come back off that um injury because we thought Zach Wilson when um at first glance with that injury thought it was gonna be like not playing at all this year but come to find out wasn't as major and now Zach Wilson to me is looking like the best QB out that uh 2021 class honestly because all the other uh, quarterbacks in that draft class uh, haven't really really played up to um you know to me up to full expectation um trevor lawrence has kind of been getting it together but zach wilson is looking like the best qb out there draft class but um i feel as though the jets um and rob um salah he still has like a couple of more pieces they have a couple more pieces to add on that um offense um i say if they had like a maybe a consistent tight end they would be just as like uh they'll be like complete but um you know that's not gonna just dis- that's not to discredit anything they've done though because i still don't think see them like really competing up there with teams like of course like kansas city uh like the Bills or um yeah nothing, nothing like that. Cause it is still like a very young team. Um I've, I've a favorably new uh um um coach that's like finally getting it together and I actually like Robert Sala as like a coach honestly and he seems like just like a really cool like down to earth guy on top of that. But yeah um um they still have time. Um I feel as though by next year they are going to be like a serious like playoff team might actually be that could possibly be the best team in the um in that division. Because, like I said, Zach Wilson, it's like they're finally getting it together. And they're finally, like, getting the, uh, the young weapons together. With that young class, all you have to do is just, uh, like, get everybody on sync. And the Jets, they're, they're going to be, like, one of those teams that are, like, finally, you know, just came out of nowhere. Or, like, are not the jokes in the NFL anymore. Kind of like how we seen with uh, Joe Burrow in the uh, Cincinnati. Cincinnati was just, like, the bid for the longest. But you see how they finally get pretty, they're pretty good in the draft. class in the, in the draft. That's how we're seeing with the Jets. The draft picks up uh, paying off. And Sauce Gardner, man, <laughs> his demeanor, bro. I like. I, I know. I really like his attitude because he went into Green Bay up there and like, uh, you know, not only did he like he beat the Packers though, but he kind of added like insult to injury, had that confidence put the cheese head on. I'm like, okay, yeah, <laughs> this this Jets team is definitely like determined, you know, to finally like make a statement, like yeah, give us our respect, you know, like the underdogs and everything. So yeah, and I really like that, like that underdog mentality, like we um, you know, kind of like how we've seen with the Eagles over the years. So. Yeah, but I kind of have the Jets. I give them say give them one more year as far as like being like a serious playoff team. i give them one more uh, se- uh next season.
2: For me, I'm gonna actually say real. I'm gonna tell you why. Because Robert Sala is one of the greatest defensive minds in the league right now. And Sauce Gardner, you might as well just give Defensive Rookie of the Year to that boy right now. He's
4: fair, got
2: fair. grit, he's got he's got toughness, he's got like he is he's got a great football IQ. And beyond that, Zach Wilson is coming into his own. Like we're seeing it now. Zach Wilson is actually coming into his own. And the cherry on top, the AFC East does not look as daunting as it did coming into the preseason. Because I mean, New England is beatable, but we already knew that. Buffalo is Buffalo, and that's going to be like two L's for the Jets. But that's like, but two losses, that's nothing you can't come back from in this league. And the Dolphins don't look nearly the juggernaut that they, that they once did because, because of the whole Tua situation. So, yeah, the Jets went from straight-up afterthought to this team is probably going to get a wild card. Like, they're basically doing what, what we just saw the Grizzlies do. They're doing what we're seeing the Guardians do now. They're doing what the Orioles almost did. And this is the Jets' team. They're young. They don't know any better. Those are the type of teams that are always dangerous to play in the playoffs, especially in a single elimination playoff tournament.
1: Um, So
3: that was Cincinnati too. uh, That young, you know, no matter the country wall, but yeah, we started with Cincinnati too uh, last year. Yeah, kind of like young, young, you know, don't know any better. That's how it kind of was with Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. But yep, I I agree.
0: um, I'm gonna call them real, and I'm gonna say that because.
1: Rob Salah
0: and how it took a it took a it took a while for him to really get them on track, of course. Um you say Zach Wilson's coming into his own, I want to say that defense is likes that. And when you have a defense that's likes that with a shutdown corner and a dominant pass rusher, tell me if you've heard that before, with a run game with Brees Hall and Michael Carter and Zach Wilson can run that thing from time to time too. And he's coming into his own, as you said, Evan, as a passer they will not win the afc east they will never be the best team in the afc east cuz buffalo's just that good um they also seem like the team that could take one from buffalo if they you know if certain things go their way miami did it if they make it ugly the Jets can do it. um, And the Jets are really similar to the Giants. For real, for real.
1: It's just, I don't see
0: the Jets really falling off. It's really hard for me to imagine the Giants really falling off either. But just for the sake of one of them NFC East teams got to go down. It's got to be the Giants. Um, So moving on to the next and last team of this quick game called Real or Fake. How you doing, Sanford? I'm good, man. I'm holding in there. That's what we like to hear. That's what we like to hear. All right. So this last team that we finna bring up before we move on is the Minnesota Vikings, Real or Fake?
2: Fake, 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 fake. They got fake written all over. Because if you tell me a team with Kirk Cousins as a quarterback is a Super Bowl contender... I'ma look you in your eyeballs and tell <laughs> you a damn lie.
1: No, that's why I started laughing because like
2: you...
3: No, that's why I started laughing as soon as you said the Vikings because, like, bro, I knew he was going to say fake because, like, I bro, knew it. One person, Kirk Cousins, prime time Cousins, bro, you just cannot trust them. You cannot trust the nine the nine figure man. I I, I don't understand. He, I that, don't know. That man, man that
4: bro. man got the bag and he dipped. You no, know, Kirk Cousins. <laughs> no, he's a he's a good persuasive. He knows how to sell. Because like bro, I, I not, just don't think that trust but him cousins. and Joe Flacco are like probably the greatest negotiators I've ever seen in NFL history. Man, cuz
3: that but you no know, sad because like the Vikings, this is like the like the best one of the best Vikings teams we've seen, like over He's the years, you know, the white boy,
2: Patrick Beverly. Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah, <bro. laughs> no, like, no, you man. know, one of the best Vikings we've seen over the years, and it's just like bro, I I this all's to like be like up, you know, kind of like a flaw because Kirk Cousins, he's going to find a way to lose the game. Just though, like a game, like, you know, losing interception. So I, I just don't, yeah, see the Vikings being that team. Like, they're definitely not going to beat the Eagles. They see them again in the playoffs, bro. Because I think Philly about is now. Yes, it's the fan of me talking. so I can say this, we own Minnesota by now. So, yeah, I don't trust primetime Cousins. They're, they're fake to me as well. Uh, you play
1: Kirk yeah, Cousins
2: man. on Monday Night Football. Everybody owns him on Monday Night Football.
1: This oh, man y'all. said,
4: Dude, I'm I'm be honest "We in you. their head rent free." That's crazy, bro. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be honest
0: with you. Like, you're not, uh, you're being a fan, but you're not wrong. That's the thing about it. Um, are another team that I don't want to call fake. I yeah, I make
1: the Kirk Cousins jokes cool, but. I'm sorry, and I'll probably eat some crow later.
0: The Minnesota Vikings are going to win the NFC North. They're going to win that division. Maybe they'll win a playoff game depending on who they play. But they're going to win that division. Um, so moving on. Uh So we're talking about teams that are surprisingly doing good. Um, Of these struggling teams, these four teams, the Tampa Bay Bucks, the Green Bay Packers, the Indianapolis Colts, and the Denver Broncos, who do you see making a turnaround between those four teams?
2: You said who was the second team?
0: The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Green Bay Packers, the Indianapolis Colts, and the Denver Broncos.
2: Oh, Tampa. I say, I say it's Tampa off the strength that Tom Brady is still Tom Brady. So, again, all you got to do is make it in the playoffs. So that means you don't even really got to win the division. for Number two, because Tampa is going to get healthy. And when they get healthy, they're one of the top teams in the NFC, if not the NFL. And number three, number three, Because, let's be real, like, which division is more manageable, the NFC South or the NFC North? It's the South, right? Yep. Because the North, you got to go through Aaron Rodgers, who still could turn into Aaron Rodgers at any given moment. You got the Vikings, who are a really good team when they choose to be. They don't always choose to be at the issue. You got the Lions, who might be the most deceiving sub-500 team in the league because Detroit's offense is pretty damn good.
0: Don't remind me.
2: And then, hey, we in the same boat, man. We in the same boat with that one. <laughs> and the Bears are kind of the lame duck here. The The NFC South, the only team you really got to worry about is Atlanta, who just got real good out of nowhere.
0: For no so reason. Yeah,
2: for no reason, bro. It's like <laughs> It's Tampa. It's Tampa.
3: Yeah, I, I agree because, like Evan said, Tom Brady, and also you made a good point though because people fail to realize the Buccaneers—they've been decimated with injuries through the first uh, six weeks, and of course, they, um, Mike Evans got suspended that one game. So really, they just been like the roster really hasn't been there, or you know, it's really been on the field altogether. And like we said, Tom Brady—he knows how to um, you know, you know, he has that experience, that veteran experience, and like knows how to get the team together. And I feel as though like him screaming on the sideline at those players and everything. Uh, is really going to like really have this the overall team like demeanor and like momentum turn around and to be like okay look we have too uh, many you know good players like two good players on this roster and like we're too, we we're looking too good on paper to be playing like this and to be only at five hundred at six, um you know through six weeks of the season. Tom Brady knows how to uh you know you know get a squad together. He's one of the I mean, well he is like the goat for a reason and so yeah the Buck um I just don't trust really the um, Packers really I don't see them really making too much of a turnaround because Aaron Rodgers can't do it all by himself. And honestly, I think with the Packers, you kind of have to also look at Matt LaFleur a little bit, his coaching, because you have, like, two good-ass running backs, um, like with um, uh, Aaron Jones and – yeah, I'm saying Aaron Jones and um, A.J. Dillon. I'm like, bro, they're barely getting utilized. You're trying to depend on these young wide receivers who are out there playing scared and nervous, like, dropping passes and stuff. And I'm like, bro, Aaron Rodgers can't throw the ball to himself, but yet you're not even utilizing, like, your good – Aaron Jones is like a, a top five back. Well, now he's not, but if you give him reps, he's a top five back in the league. And you can also use him for scrimmage. Same with AJ Dillon. So you have to look at Matt LaFleur a little bit. I think he's getting like, you know, like a little bit of like, you getting away with stuff for the simple fact that it's Aaron Rodgers and everything and all the young receivers. You can like point fingers at Rodgers and the young receivers, but not nah, Matt LaFleur. You got to look at him in Green Bay. And I, I don't know if he's like the best coach, you know, in general, honestly. So, yeah, I trust Tampa Bay to really like um, – I trust Tampa Bay to get it together because um, Tom Brady has like a, 11 more weeks to get it together. And, yeah, he he's going to – um. I think all the distractions are out the way. Of course, the whole him going to Robert Pratt's wedding and stuff and that. Oh, he wasn't there for the team. Look. Tom Brady technically has earned that right to kind of sort of take that time off in in sense. But, uh, I mean, he should have been there with the team. But I don't know. Look. That's like a whole other thing. But, yeah, yeah. they want to get it together.
0: There's yeah, so much that goes on with that. That yeah, bro. I, I, we're, we're not getting into that. Um, at least not this this show. Uh, I just want y'all to know how bad I wanted to say the Denver Broncos until I watched them last night, and they did what they've been doing for the last four or five weeks. So I'm going to just be different. I'm going to just be that guy. Just for the sake of being that guy, I'm going to say the Colts. They're well coached. They got that workhorse in, in, um, the, in uh, the backfield. Offensive line and the defense isn't as great as Colts fans keep trying to tell us that they are. But in that division, in that division, I think it is really true that anything is possible because the Titans, albeit they aren't bad, but they're not great either. Um, actually they're tight for the division lead. The Titans are just like there at this point. Yeah, like the Titans, here. yeah, yeah the, yeah, the Titans, the Titans are that team the, the Titans are like the Rays in the sense of they're just they're a solid team that we all just forget about until either our team plays them or until they end up a top three seed in the conference and we're just like where did you come from so and then there's Jacksonville who's just not there yet and as Evan said about the Bears, the Texans are just a lame duck. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I'm going to just, I'm going to just say the Colts. Plus that tie really helped them out a bit in terms of this tight division. Um, so just to end off the NFL stuff, we are a third of the way through the season in week six. Who? I'm not going to say what's on the sheet because I don't really care for that. So a third of the way through the season, who is your MVP?
3: Uh, NFL MVP, right? Yeah. I got to give it to uh, Josh Allen he's just been playing um lights out honestly yeah um with that um built like the touchdown uh, the amount of like touchdown passes um he's thrown and just like um you know touchdown to interception ratio It's just been like just like out of out of this world and to me I think it's athleticism too just like being like, a good in-pocket QB also like out of the pocket um quarterback it goes like under kind of like under the radar he is a pretty good big guy though but he can still hurdle over defenders when he needs to scramble out that pocket and just try to be like a a Russian, uh, you know, some a QB um when he needs to, because he just utilizes his size and his strength to like really just like do it all, honestly. So Josh Allen, he's just playing on another level, kind of like how we seen Pat Mahomes um his um his second uh well his first official year as a starter when he was playing lights out. That's how Josh Allen is playing right now this year. So I think um he's can uh will be the um MVP. I would say. Jalen Hurts but Jalen Hurts um I still uh, like even though we're undefeated um Jalen Hurts and everything he still has like a, a little bit of his game the work one because he has a long you know he has like a, he have a long way to go in his season and just I'm just concerned like okay is Jalen Hurts is he not going to turn the ball over take to, like, too much here and there so um right now I think Josh Allen that bill um Josh Allen is like the um you know just most overall valuable player just in the league in general to have Cause you have him on your team, he just like just makes the team just like that great, yeah. And also, um, with those good, you know, just um, using those good receivers like Stefan Diggs, uh, Gabriel Davis, uh, Dawson Knox. So yeah, um, I gotta give Josh Allen that um, MVP. Um, um, giving him the early MVP award. Yeah.
0: Uh. I kind of understand what you said about Jalen Hurts. I was actually surprised that you didn't pick Jalen Hurts. But at the same time, I'm not mad that you didn't pick him. Um, Although Hurts is someone that I want to pick. But I'm going to go with Pat Mahomes. Just because he's doing more with less. More so, he's just doing more without Tyreek Hill um it's like every time we watch mahomes outside of that last drive of the last game you know where the dude jumped the route and picked him off at uh, the at the end of the game mahomes is still showing us that he is pat mahomes and we all thought he was going to fall off because he doesn't have tyreek hill it literally got to the point to where people were trying to crown the chargers as the new kings of the afc west and that's just not going to happen. Um, So I'm going with Pat Mahomes. I like Josh yeah. Allen. And it's literally just because this is something from Josh Allen that we just, we kind of knew that they were juggernauts, that they were just loaded on offense. And that Josh Allen is just, was Josh Josh Allen is a juggernaut in himself. Um and if I wasn't gonna say Pat Mahomes, I would say Jalen Hurts just off the strength that the Eagles are six and up. And Jalen Hurts has been playing really, really well outside of that Cowboys game.
1: So um
0: so yeah there's that.
1: I can give a top three.
3: If I were to give a top three for MVP, it would be uh, Josh Allen, uh, Jalen Hurts. I'll put him as my second and then Pat Mahomes. Those would be like my top three early uh, MVP votes. That's in fair. In the
0: uh roading. That's yep. fair. Yeah. I'll give you that. So we are currently sitting in the middle of October, which is the best time in sports, the best time of the year, because we get the NFL, the NBA starting NHL is starting, and baseball gets interesting. And when I say baseball gets interesting, it's the MLB playoffs. The NLCS starts tonight between your boy Marks Phillies versus the San Diego Padres. And I just want to tell you that I saw the Padres here. I had – Conflictions about seeing the Phillies here. So Padres versus Phillies. Mark, just 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 tell me when the uh, tell me how many games the Phillies are gonna win in. Is it gonna be how, how many games? You know
3: what? You know, I have a side note. Before we get to this though, I just know right now, Nats fans are probably seething looking at this series, seeing Bryce Harper and Juan Soto go at it in the championship series. So yeah, I I, I just know, yep. But overall, the Phillies. Oh, this is going to be a, a a very tough one for us. Um, honestly, I can see this game going. I can see this being like the full five games. Honestly, a full five game uh series.
0: It's a, uh, the the, the, uh, the uh, CS is a seven game series.
3: Oh, seven games. Okay, seven game. Well, I can see it. I can see it going all um the seven games. Honestly, okay. because when I look at both teams, um, well, the Phillies. That to me, we just been playing with like you know that underdog. You know mentality like no one I honestly as a fan I'm just like all shocked by this I think all Philly fans are shocked by this because I didn't even see us getting out the first round I'm like the wild card and we end up sweeping the Cardinals and we just got like you know we just been winning and winning and what we did against the Braves I'm like wow we actually beat the Braves like find a way to actually find a way to beat them a team that's basically owned us um, over like you know over the past years especially this season they just been like beating us throughout the regular season so, like now we're going. Now we made it this far, and I feel as though the momentum we have is like, okay, we have that. Okay, look, we have this. We have this talent on paper, and that's actually go out there and play as good as we are, as they say we are on paper. And we've just been hitting like home runs, like you know, homers at like each game out of nowhere, like short, Schwar- like of uh, Schrober, like Harper, like Romuto, just been like hitting it out the ballpark, bro. And Aaron Nola, our uh, pitching has been like very, very like. Like on point, and that's been making all the difference when we have good pitching and uh play good defense. So we just have to see how we can like go up against this very like motivated Padres team who's been having who's been facing like some adversity themselves. And you no, know, they didn't uh, invest a lot of money in Juan Soto, so it's going to be like a, a really I'd say a, kind of a long series, a battle between the two because both of these teams are just like you know the Phillies have are we have like a chip on our shoulder. The Padres, you know, they out overcame like their adversity and everything dealing with that, um, Tati suspension, but you know, she just, just still got the um, other good players there and Soto there along the way. So yeah, I'm, I'm definitely respecting the pod race for sure. Honestly, it's going to be interesting.
0: I am going Phillies in six. I was on a test pod with Smiles and Glickman Nova a couple weeks ago, and we were making our predictions about the postseason. And we were saying, "Who is a surprise team that you can see making a run to the World Series? And I mentioned the Philadelphia Phillies. And I said, "I want to pick them so bad." I want to be on the bandwagon so bad. I want to say that they're going to win so bad. But they're just too inconsistent for me. Because one day they look absolutely amazing. They look better than the Dodgers. And then the next day they look like the Colorado Rockies. So it's so it's so it's like pick one so I can know where to go. So with that, I just said, bump that. I'm, I'm not riding with them. I'm just going to ride. I'm going to say that the Cardinals can make a surprise run, but I'm riding with the Dodgers throughout the postseason. You see how that's gone. So in this, seat, in this NLCS, I'm riding with the Philadelphia Phillies. Evan, real quick, who you, who you got? Padres or Phillies?
2: I'm going Padres, Padres and six, because really anything you could say about the Phillies in like going into this series, you could also say about the Padres. The Phillies just broke a long, a long playoff drought. Okay. The Padres are in the playoffs in a 162 game season for the first time in 16 years, the Phillies knocked out two division champions. Like they knocked out two giants, no San Francisco on their way here. Okay. So do the Padres, they went to New York, like to face a Mets team that really we had pretty much given them a free win in the wild card round, like going into the series. Like we thought no matter if they played the Padres or the Phillies or the Brewers that the Mets were just gonna make quick work of them and they were pretty much a shoe-in for the for the NLCS. You see how that went. The Padres just outplayed them. And they beat their rivals up north, the Dodgers, who Went 15 and four against the team, against the Padres in the regular season. And they also finished 22 games ahead of San Diego in the division standings. 22 games. Plus, I feel like home field is going to be a tremendous advantage for San Diego. And uh, yeah, like as far as starting pitching goes, it's pretty even. I give a slight edge to the Padres batting lineup I think I think the Phillies lineup is great the Padres I feel like is just a little bit better and if it comes down to the bullpens the Padres are winning that because San Diego's bullpen has just been nails this playoffs and that's against two very good lineups in the Mets and um, and the Dodgers that's not saying the Phillies didn't play anybody because they just took out two division champions the Cardinals and the Braves but it's just the Padres, I feel like, had to go through more of more of these playoffs. So I'm going with San Diego.
0: That's that's fair, especially in terms of like the bullpen. The lineups are kind of even when you really look at it. Um, the starting pitching is very much so even when you look at it. Um, the Padres are a little bit better defensively. And again, that bullpen is that that bullpen is nice. But breaking news. Um the Yankees have beaten the Cleveland Guardians in five one, beat them in five games in the NODS. They are facing the Houston Astros, which is what we all wanted. So, I want your predictions between Houston and New York.
2: I wouldn't. I wouldn't say we all wanted this because honestly, I was rooting for the Mariners this whole time. What I will say, this is the only thing that's happened in these playoffs that we could have possibly predicted. Because let's be real, if there's one thing that these playoffs confirm to us, it's that we don't know anything.
0: Yeah, we're all wrong.
2: Exactly, because I mean, we th- like because we thought again the Mets were going to make quick work of the Padres, who happened to be that five seed. You see how that turned out. You thought, like, we thought, like, a lot of people thought the Phillies had no business being in the playoffs going up against the Cardinals, and St. Louis is just going to beat them off experience. You see how that turned out. Honestly, I thought the Guardians were going to get knocked out by the Rays. You see how that turned out. Like, we just don't know anything, and this is the one thing that we saw coming a mile away. That does not make it – any less exciting, though, because these are these are the two best teams in the American League, as are the Padres and the Phillies in the National League, and you really can't argue that because who else is playing in the NLCS? But anyway, it's like I've been saying, as far as my prediction goes, I'm going to go with the Astros here because I feel like Houston just has the playoff experience to get past the Yankees. I've been saying that the whole season. Because it's like New York knows how to win in the regular season. They got they got this far in the playoffs, but this is an Astros team and an Astros core that even if you not like, if you count twenty seventeen, some of these players have been in the World Series three different times in an Astros uniform. If you don't count twenty seventeen, they've still made it twice in the last three years, and almost the third time. So, almost a fourth time, really. So, um. Yeah, it's just Houston has like they they're both heavy hitters. They both have pretty good pitching, although I I'd give the Astros the edge in pitching and like both starting and bullpen. But I feel like the main the main arena where Houston wins this series is postseason pedigree. I'm going with the Astros. Uh,
3: those are teams that are really um. It's gonna be that's like a really like neck and neck, honestly, because. Especially you emphasize on like the heavy hitters uh, part because I'm honestly going with the Yankees. Um, because I predicted them uh, being in the World Series. Because at first I had uh, Yankees Dodgers, but huh, look at the Dodgers now sitting at home. And now my Phillies, like, just still shocked. Um, we could possibly be in the World Series too. But, um, Yankees, um, those up uh, to me, I think the Yankees have a slight event advantage when it comes to, like the batting because not just off where Aaron Judge has been doing, I'm um, all, um, like alone, but like they, um, they still have a uh, I'm uh, um, Giancarlo Stanton and like other uh, heavy hitters and the Yankees right now. I feel as though they're gonna have that momentum going into the next game, just beating the Guardians of uh, uh, five uh, five to one, and New York. Uh, like just like overall, just like ah, I, wish I was trying to get my words right. Uh, Aaron Judge. I feel as though like he's really gonna like just have, like that mentality, just to really like go all them to make it all the way. Because honestly, the Yankees don't. To me, the Yankees don't make it all the way to like the, the World Series. I think it could be like kind of like a a bust season for them. I mean, some, some some people may feel different, though. But I have, like, uh, the Yankees uh, winning that series. I can uh, see it going, like, going a, a full seven games, honestly. But I, I'm going to have the slight advantage for the Yankees.
0: Yeah, I, I picked the Yankees to go to the World Series. I'm not going to back down off my – uh, not going to back down off my pick. Um, I got the Yankees in seven. This series is gonna go to distance. And I just think I think that the Yankees are the they're just gonna find a way to do it. I think they're just gonna find a way to do it. Um, Garrett Cole's been looking good. Their starting pitching has been looking good. Um, their bullpen hasn't been horrible. Um, they have the best hitter in baseball, they have Anthony Rizzo, they have they have Giancarlo. Um, Bader's been playing lights, lights out. They have the best prospect in baseball and, uh, Oswaldo Cabrera. I think they're going to, they're going to, they're going to find a way. They're going to find a way that I think that series is, I think that series is going to be better than the world series, to be honest. Um, and I think whoever comes out of that series is going to win the world series. So, um, just real quick, because I've seen a lot of talk about this. Is there a problem with this new postseason format?
1: I've been waiting on
2: this one. I have been waiting on this one. I
0: know you have. Now, that's, why, that's
4: why I put so, it in
2: so, So for those that are unaware, ladies and gentlemen, lately there's been a bunch of – like, lately after the Los Angeles Dodgers and the Atlanta Braves bowed out and the Yankees got taken all the way to – to five games, there has been there have been a lot of journalists and talking heads coming forward saying that the first round buy, the new first round buy, puts the top two seeds at a disadvantage because they have to rest for their games while everybody else plays the wild card game. To which I say, boo hoo. Just win your games. Like, like seriously, these people really talk as though as though winning in the regular season should grant you free wins and a free pass all the way to like the league championship if not the world series but we've shown but it's been shown time and time again that winning in the regular season doesn't grant you anything besides home field and once you get home field it's on you to keep it it's on you to win so the dodgers didn't win but they didn't beat beat the Padres that wasn't because of the buy it's because San Diego was the better team the Braves didn't beat the Phillies it wasn't because of the buy it's because Philly was the better team and there's nothing wrong with that that's what makes the playoffs so fun to watch is that we never know what's going to happen at any moment and the final point I'm going to make about how that whole oh the buy is a disadvantage. Why that why that's complete nonsense is this is the same exact format the NFL had before the pandemic. Literally, the only difference is instead of a single elimination game, it's a three-game like it's a series. Other than that, it's the same exact format. Top two seeds get buys, three versus six, four versus five. And you notice you didn't hear any NFL fans complaining about how unfair it was to the top two seeds and if anything if anything NFL fans have more of a reason to complain because we're like because now there's only one buy in the playoffs instead of two and if you're a two seed now where a couple years ago you would have had a buy in the wild card round now you might now you run the risk of losing to a seven seed which oh by the way didn't exist before the pandemic and having your season ended that way so NFL fans have more of a reason to complain about their about their league's playoff playoff format, but yet no one does. It's all fine. So if the NFL so if NFL fans are happy with their format and they've been happy with this same format for years, MLB fans suck it up. As a matter of fact, most of them actually enjoy. Most of them are actually fans of this. So the ones that aren't, suck it up. and Tell your team to win next time. Like to play better next time. Okay.
0: Yeah, how about LA Dodgers win? How about New York Mets win? Braves win. Like do like do that please. You know, and maybe, you know, people won't be out here complaining. Like a lot of it just sounds a lot like you are just mad that your favorite team didn't didn't get in. Boo freaking who. You got people whose teams aren't in, who had one great month in the month of July and then they just Nose dived in, into, the, into the post-season. They're not in the playoffs. So oh, that was personal. Yeah, really, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you want to sit here and cry because you, cause your team choked. Get out of here.
3: That was the Phillies in the playoffs last, I mean, Phillies last year in August, just choked, just like went, lost in the August, burn. just boom, out the playoffs. <laughs>
0: All right, so... It's just, it's
2: just ridiculous, man.
0: Moving on to that. Ah. Guys, we can say the NBA is back. Um, Watching my
3: Sixers right now, actually, yep. versus the stinking Philly. Celtics.
2: Ah, ugh, the Celtics, the Celtics currently have a 9-2 to lead on Philly. That's how you know it's early in this game. Yeah, very early. But, you know, and B, the, the real
3: MVP, you know, yep, it's back. It's like, no, let me stop. But yeah, though,
0: huh? versus Boston is the first yeah, right. game of the year. Um, just to get this season underway, what are your expectations for your favorite team? Uh, Sanford, you've been
4: waiting. I'm
2: gonna let brother game. Sanford get in on his NBA bag.
4: Uh, yes, um, it's been a minute, up on the pod. I'm glad to be back. Life's been kicking my butt, but I'm not letting it keep me down. So, um, when it comes to my team, well, me and Evan's team, the Wizards, my expectation is just to see what this team got.
1: <clears throat>
4: I'm thinking the Wizards could definitely be a playoff team because I think that we can be a dark horse to make the playoffs. Like, that's my expectation. Like, this year we're going to be like the 11, 12 seed. I'm like, bro, what? Like, last year, Bill was not healthy. Bill got injured. <clears throat> Pozingas came to the team by the trade deadline. We also made a few extra moves at the trade deadline. I was working with the Montrez. We got um, Monte Morris and we got Will Barton this offseason, which are two pretty good pickups. I think the Wizards are going to be a pretty solid team. Like, if we're like the, the sixth, seventh, eighth seed, that's my expectation be a solid playoff team or being the playing game side, maybe catch a game from somebody, and that's really a disprogression, man, because progression and development because I really think that Rui could take a step this year, Denny could take a step this year I think those two are really the two I'm looking for for development, you know, Corey Kispert, if I'm not mistaken he's injured right now yep, he's going to be out for the next he's going to be out for like the next few weeks so, you know, see how he comes, see how he gets back in the form you know, get back in the rhythm I said, Rui and Danny are really the two I'm looking forward to seeing where they're going to, you know, take the next step because I definitely think three guaranteed people that's going to be going to see him. Kuzma's going to show up, Beal's going to show up, is going to show up, and he could be on the floor. And I think that's a pretty solid big three, if you ask me. I feel like we just need a legit PG. I think that's the only thing really the Woodses is missing. We're pretty solid at every other position. We just don't have a legit point guard. You know, that's Monte Morris. I like him as a player, but him as a starting point, I don't know. I'm not going to kind of be negative. I'm going to give him a chance, an opportunity to see what he can do. But definitely getting a legit playmaking point or playmaking guard, that would be like the number one concern I'll have through the season in case you want to make a big trade because we do have enough assets where we can go get somebody. You know, we're not going to get a starter. but We can definitely get an impact starter at the PG position for sure. And I'm expecting we could get two all-stars this year. Because if Pozingas plays more than 70 games, I definitely think he has a chance to make the all-star team. If it's not Pozingas, it could definitely be kuzna too. Which that'd be a nice, that'd be a nice story right there. I like to see that.
0: All right. Um I just want to say I have absolutely no expectations for the Los Angeles Lakers. I don't know what we're going to do. I really have us teetering between play-in, no play-in. I just want to see how this team gels. It's kind of like how I said last year. I just want to see what this team looks like on the court. We have a new coach. Um, The roster changed just a little bit um we got younger but we also got smaller so I I want to see how I want to see how this you know I want to see how this fits for us um we play later on tonight against Golden State for their ring ceremony so we'll see We'll see. I uh, again. I I have no real expectations for the for the Lakers. Just stay healthy and play hard. I guess.
3: I do expect y'all to win more than thirty three games, though, for sure this year. It's going to be oh, better, yeah. than yeah, right, much yeah. better than that. Yeah, much better than that. Because I don't think y'all can get, y'all can't get any worse than last season. Honestly. Yeah, so, last season, literally yeah. everything
4: that could go wrong went wrong. For y'all. That's the only reason why. Yeah, but as far as the like, Sixers
3: go, um. I
4: do have us
3: uh, – I have us finishing – I expect us to finish top three because, to me, the, the Sixers, we just, um, like, added two, too many pieces um, around James, um, Joel Embiid and James Harden to, like, two of, like, uh, like, elite players in the NBA for us, like, not to, uh, you know, not to finish, like, as, like, a top three seed. I really don't um, – last season, which really could have been our year, I think was really, like, the best Sixers team we've seen, um, like, throughout the whole – since Embiid has been there. But we just, of course, somehow we have that second-round curse. Um, that's, like, my, my main concern. It's, like, how are we going to play in the postseason? Because I'm not really concerned how we play in a regular season because, like, we've seen, like, you know, how, you know, kind of like how the Utah Jazz are, I hate to compare the Sixers to the Jazz, star, are, um, jazz but, damn, it, we are, like, the Jazz in the East, though. And I can say that as a Sixers fan. Like, just dominate in a regular season, have a player play, like, you know, MVP, uh, arguably MVP basketball, and Joel Embiid, but just find a way to lose in the second round every fucking year. Like, excuse my French, but yeah, I'm a pissed off <sighs> fan. But
4: yes, you know uh, me. Y'all know I'm a Sixers fan. Uh, I, I wouldn't say Utah I, Jazz because the thing but is, people take bro, Philly seriously.
3: Second
4: yeah, but, bro. Seriously. We can't take
3: it seriously if we just losing the playoffs. And matters, B man. just I'm can't like, stay
4: healthy. That's the thing. Yeah. And B, and and B always and, get injured at literally the worst time. You no,
3: know, that wasn't. And last year wasn't his fault. <laughs> this bro, man busted his face, bro. That was Doc Rivers' fault. You know, bro. That Crazy. was Doc Rivers' because he shouldn't never been playing in that part of the game. We had that game one, and you know, but hey, but hey, he came back and was able to play through that injury. So I give him B credit for that. But yeah, we fell short. I'm not using that as an excuse, but we fell short in the second round, and yeah, and like that's what um Sixers fans are just tired of. Like, can we, you know, can we finally like use this like this championship type type of roster finally get past the second round? So I expect us to be a top three seed in that uh, very tough, uh, improved Eastern Conference, and um yeah, man, and I just hope and and Harden and um uh the pieces we um I'm at, added can just like play consistent um you know when it comes time to really like uh go you know, go for that uh. Uh, you know, go go for it all because we, like, we've seen it with the other uh, Philly sports teams um, and everything so far, like, the Phillies just, like, playing that underdog role, the Eagles being 6-0, so can the Sixers finally, like, actually like, you know, go all the way, be a contender, like, a legit contender, I mean, people take us seriously, but we're just like, yeah, man, second round bounce out, so, and, of course, Heat fans, you know, it just sucks because Heat fans can really talk shit and Celtics fans can talk shit to us, and as a Sixers fan, that's things, though, because they can, bro, <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but you know I had to. You know I still rep them proud. You
1: know
3: somehow I was able to rep all three teams today. You know cross rep all three of my brands because I'm just all proud of all of my Philly teams. Though it's just been really, really great being a Philly sports fan over the past month. It really it has. Been. So yeah, I'm excited NBA is back though for sure. Yup. Can the Philly? I mean, can the uh, Sixers get past the second round this year? That's my uh, main question I have all
2: year. All right. So for the Wizards, Samford touched on pretty much everything I was gonna say. But what I'ma say is Rui looked pretty good this preseason. Oh yeah. Rui looked amazing this preseason. And this has been the Rui that I knew was gonna come. I, I knew this Rui was gonna show up since we drafted him. Oh no, we both was... said
4: when they draft him, he's gonna take some time to get into form. You know, take hey, a couple of years or so.
2: Of course. But hey man, remember when they said we should have took Cam Reddish instead?
4: but that is such a, wh- mind you, oh. mind you, here's the thing, here's the thing, here's Man. the thing, here's the thing, bro. Here's the thing. I feel like Cam Reddish just hasn't been on a team where he can really, like, show himself. I feel like Cam Reddish is about to go down the same storyline as Dennis Smith Jr., where, like, literally, he basically got drafted. Like, you know how Dennis Smith, he got drafted to the Mavericks and the next year they picked Luca and, like, it was like, no dipshit, you're going to have Luca Doncic be your lead guard and you can't have him and Dennis in the backcourt. It's just not going to work. So, and essentially like now that we're learning about a lot of the behind the scenes stuff, Rick Carlisle was basically like making Dennis Smith's life a living nightmare. Like this man was not, not getting no consistent PT that second season. He gets traded to New York. He's solid for the rest of the year. I think the third season he had like a family passing or something crazy happened. Like, he just had a whole bunch of life stuff happening at him at once. And so, that would affect him. That's, that's when he had, like, his worst season, like, ever. And ever since, he's not been able to recover. I feel like Cam Reddish has been the same thing because he got drafted to Atlanta. They already had, the, basically, the guy that was going to... They, they drafted two small forwards in that draft. They drafted DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish. They tried to play them both together. But the thing is, DeAndre Hunter was never healthy. And... He was clearly going to be the forward of the future. So they kind of had to move on from Reddish. Now Reddish is in New York and we all know Tibbs' reputation. Tibbs is one of the last old school mentality coaches in the NBA. And it's funny how I was listening to a podcast, Pick a Side podcast. And they were talking about, you know, what if Detroit drafted Mello? And I think I said it before. I said that would have ruined his career because um <laughs> we i'm pretty sure mark knows this very well larry brown hated young players Like he was the definition of an old school coach like he probably would have just bench mellow like if anything detroit have sure just traded the pick because they'd already knew that whoever they picked was gonna get wasn't probably gonna get pt regardless because that was a championship form team already that man was gonna get buried on the bench this year just traded the pick for assets. But anyway, my point is I feel like with certain players, we're seeing that where they're drafted and the situation for them to cultivate and grow their game is very, very important because I think Cam Reddick still has a lot of potential. I still think he can be a a legit forward in the league. I still think he can. He just needs to be in a team where he can cultivate. And I don't think he's had that opportunity. See, the beautiful thing with Rui, we drafted Rui, and we knew he was going to take time to develop. We knew he was going to need time to get comfortable with the NBA game and grow and expand himself. And now we're seeing the fruits of his work, and we're seeing that this season he can really, really make a big jump. So I feel like Cam Reddish just needs to be in a team where he will get the opportunities to grow and not be playing behind somebody or be put in a position that he's not supposed to be in. righty. Alright, so I'm definitely we are coming to the end of this lovely episode, episode 87. We have some announcements for you guys. And um, November 7th, we are bringing back the round table, doing an anime round table. It's going to be fun. You're going to see us geek out. <coughs> see us geek out, talk about our various animes, talk about some new stuff, some old stuff. It's going to be fun. Definitely pop out for that November 7th, 7pm. You already know. And also, november 14th same time probably around the 7 6 8 p.m it's gonna be a debate 301 is having its first debate with fiji island oh i can't wait i'm just i already confirmed it with chris i told the guys me and him but me and chris about to meet up we're about, we about to talk me and smiles about to set this thing up beautifully so that's gonna be fun so november's gonna be a good month you know with thanksgiving and, you know, we're coming up on a year because our we officially, well, sorry, two years because our anniversary is December 25th because that's when we posted the first episode. But actually, we started this thing November around Thanksgiving. So coming up on two years, man, it's something. It's been a journey. It's been a crazy thing, man. You know, I couldn't tell myself two years ago that I am what well, I, I would not even believe. it. It's crazy. Life is something. But, um, yeah, y'all stay blessed. I stay wonderful. Thank you for checking us out. Thank you for staying with us. I know we haven't been really consistent for the past few months. We've been kind of up and down. You know, we'll we'll, we'll stay consistent in a week. Don't no post and not this past stretch. We went like what two, three weeks without posting an episode. But thank you for staying with us. Thank you for supporting us. Thank you for spreading the love. Thank you for sticking through the mud with us, man. It's been a crazy few months, but I'm trying to get back rolling. I'm trying to get the Reels going. I'm trying to get this thing running again, be consistent. And your love means a lot. And do y'all have anything y'all want to say before we close it out? Slide, go slide. That's all I got to say. Arsenal is winning the Premier League. (laughs) All righty. Y'all have a good and blessed, wonderful week. We're out.